for those of you who saw the email I was uh, proposing to talk about uh, this quality of avijja or ignorance today, it came up for me because uh, some of you might know uh, Ruby and I last Friday, uh, as we uh, now joined forces to co-lead investigations, we embarked on a, what I'm sure will be a rather harrowing journey through the ins and outs and ups and downs of dependent origination. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with that, that's a, that's a teaching that has um, many moving parts, I guess you could say. And uh, the first of the moving parts is ignorance. Uh, so that was kind of coming up in my mind. Uh, and as I was thinking about that and the way that the Buddha generally spoke about this quality of avijja has to do with uh, not understanding the teachings, basically, uh, more specifically, it's not understanding how things work in terms of uh, causation, uh, how, we, how it is that we're causing difficulties for ourselves and our lives by the actions that we do. We're not really clear about how that works. And so many of us will have strategies for uh, happiness that uh, we're encouraged to employ in this culture, but uh, haven't yet put together the connection between dissatisfaction, uh, discontent, stress, uh, anxiety, agitation, and so forth that can arise out of uh, mindless, mindlessly employing that kind of strategy. So this is sort of the, the, the general tenor of uh, how the Buddha spoke about avijja or ignorance or not knowing or uh, not understanding. So I was uh, contemplating that as well as the Buddha's emphasis on understanding and knowing. Uh, independent origination, one is moving from a state of uh, not understanding um, which leads up through uh, the arising of dukkha, of, of the stress and suffering and discontent that arises. And then with the absence of that uh, avijja or lack of understanding comes the cessation of dukkha. So uh, he emphasized a lot about understanding how things work for us in this uh, human existence and seeing that clearly. So as I thought about that more, just kind of reflecting on that, uh, the, what started to arise for me as well was, say, an aspect of this process of clarity, 
that is, for lack of really a better way of putting it, is about not knowing. We're just about opening to that which is, uh, which is unknown with a sense of receptivity. And I'd say wonder is going a bit far. So a lot of times you'll hear um, teachers speaking about the importance of, of, of really cultivating a sense of, of wonder, of amazement, of awe for the life process, for the experience. And I did have that experience. Uh, I don't have it very often, but I, I was on a hike week before last, I think, with a friend. And he was from another country. So I was really intent upon showing him this. I wanted to have this really nice hike that I'd taken years before and leads out to a falls. It's in uh, kind of, it's in Washington state. I'd forgotten how long it takes to get there. So it took a really long time to get to the spot. And the hike itself would probably be about uh, we want, we would want to have about four hours and we didn't have anywhere near that time before we had to get back. So it wasn't ideal. I was feeling disappointed and, you know, meanwhile he was saying, oh, this is great. It was a wonderful drive. I'm having a good time. So, you know, but I was just feeling like, oh, this is not ideal. And, um, the, there'd been a lot of fires since I'd been there before. And so the, Trailhead had been moved and it was, you know, we had to walk along. Anyway, so we, were, we walked for about an hour and I realized that it's time to turn around in order to get back. And so we decided though that we would just sit for five minutes or so. So we, we sat down and there was nobody there. Uh, and he found a really nice place for me to sit. I had some back support and he sat sort of right in the middle of the path and and I sort of closed my eyes and then almost immediately opened them and just was taking in the sunlight that was coming through the canopy. It was a fairly dense canopy. And so the rays of light were coming through and there wasn't any discernible wind, but there was some air motion because there were these bushes that had fat leaves that were just dancing in the light. It was just like a ballet. just moving a bit like this. And there was another place over to my left that was kind of in the shadows, uh, mostly. The light wasn't hitting it, but every once in a while, a light would come through and it wouldn't illuminate that patch, but it would hit these strands of spider web, you know, just little strands here and there would just, they just flash off and on for a second, it would just flash on, then off, and then another one flash on and off. And I just, for some reason, I don't know why, but the internal conditions were ripe so that I was just in a state of complete, uh, it was just magical. It was just like suspended in this wondrous experience, uh, which was, facilitated by the external conditions, but was really just a sense of opening to that wonder of the presence and the elegance of, um, of life at its best. 
And it didn't take, you know, five minutes was enough. So at the end of five minutes, like, that was great. We moved on. So this is uh, just a magical experience that uh, I really encourage us to remain uh, open to that. Just realize that, I remember one time it happened when I was uh, a passenger in a car. This was in San Francisco. And I was looking up and there were uh, just a bunch of power lines overhead. Not exactly what you'd call a, you know, awe-inspiring scene, but something opened up and it just, there was a sense of being in this state of uh, where time dropped away, space kind of dropped away and you were just sort of present. It was lovely. And these, so these things can crop up if we're, uh, if we're open to them and give them some uh, attention and appreciation. They don't have to be particularly memorable. I remembered the power lines though, because it was so mundane. And I, so I was, I was really struck by that. I didn't think I would be talking about this much, but so, uh, but I'm, I'm glad I have. Yeah, so we so we can open to this, and it's a bit of on a on a on a less striking way. The sense of not knowing that I'm talking about is has something in common with this. So one can engage with the experience with this sense of clarity, while at the same time not engaged in understanding. Uh, I think that this is something that's a really pro pronounced distinction for me because uh, during my many years of practice, the emphasis has, for myself, has always been about investigation and inquiry and looking and I so much joy in trying to see what is causing me to be such a you know, um, these personality traits like impatience or um, critical or, and just really getting interested in the arising of that and the conditions for that and, and, and investigating how things arise and pass. So this, in more recent years, I've been in, encouraged by the teachings of Lumpo Samedo and since I began really delving into uh, Lumpo Samedo's teaching with some consistency, going back and listening to some of Lumpo Asano's talks, including um, his guided meditation when he was here last Friday. I was like, oh, you know, Ajahn Pasmo has been talking about the same thing for years. It's just that he hasn't, you know, he hasn't made such a big deal out of it. But it's this, this sense of, so Lumpo Sumedho and Lumpo Pasano will talk about it more of resting in this sense of awareness. Uh, so just being with the knowing. And I think what they're getting at is could be equally described as resting in the not knowing. Yeah, so, so uh, there's a sense of openness to what it is that's arising. So we're not, uh, we're not in a state of diffusion, 
that's the right word, you know, where things are just kind of very sweet and nice, but kind of gauzy. But there's a real clarity to what's going on, but there's a sense of relaxation and the when the mind begins to move into inquiry that or or doubt not knowing what is this so per, perception is a real mechanism that arises when when we're confronted with an experience so the mind will automatically want to discern what it is that's happening you know, is that a car i'm hearing or is that uh, is that uh, the wind I'm hearing? So it, it tends to move in that direction and, and we can get caught up in that process. And so it, it can have what seems like just a continuity of the arising of experience, the arising of perception, the thought processing. Uh, so the mind is, this is bhavana, where it's continually moving forward and processing information and data. Whereas one can be a receptor of all of the arising and passing of our experience with a sense of mm, clarity, but not, in, not fully engaging in that process of, I'd have to say discernment. So discernment or panya is usually translated as wisdom. So it's obviously an important feature of the path. Really what we're trying to do is go from avijja to, to uh, panya or go from, from ignorance to wisdom. And yet there's a way that we can step back from that, uh, that particular model. And it's a different kind of understanding that comes from another way of looking at it is Ajahn Chah very famously would talk about uh, in brief I guess you could say that about what is practice what's the path and he would just he could just say knowing and letting go knowing and letting go so he would say like oh what's this pick that up. He'd even call it grasping. So we grasp it, that's flowers, and then put it down. So it's knowing, know, and let go. You know, so know and let go. So the, the letting go, what is that? So we think of, we understand the knowing part. It's like, okay, you know, I've identified this. I can put it down. I don't need to keep holding on to it. So we tend to Maybe when we hear that teaching, know and let go, we think more in terms of this. Is, I'm not sure if gestalt is a right term, but just this, it's an it's a engagement, a dynamic of knowing and let go, knowing and let go. And it seems like, yeah, that's sweet, but what is it? What is letting go? And I'm, I'm and this is all, so I'm kind of, I'm working through this for myself. And, sort of as I talk as well. So this is, I guess I'm falling back on my propensity for trying to sort things out and investigate, which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm encouraging us not to do. But I'm just thinking that the letting go is, it has this, this um, uh, quality of, of, of 
leaning back into that unknown of just of opening is a sense of relaxing. So uh, one, one manifestation of not knowing can be doubt arising. So we can think of not knowing what is this is, is for example, uh, the instruction um, that I was offering during the meditation of like, okay, let's now when it turn towards the quality of not knowing of the unknown. And I did mention that what can come up is, what is that? What is the unknowing? What, what is the unknown? And it's a great inquiry. And, and I think that there can be quite a benefit in holding that and, and just you, dropping that into the mind and heart as a question of like, what is it? What is it that's not knowing? What, what is that experience? Uh, there can be some benefit to that. But at the same time, realizing that this process of engaging with the question of what is it that's not knowing may, if we're not careful, have a bit of overreaching to it. So we're, we're reaching out and the mind can become overly engaged in that. Because it's a real subtle thing. The not knowing, uh, resting in the sense of not knowing, I found uh, I tend to overplay it. As, uh, so I'll have different kinds of cues that will help me open up to that. But generally, if I'm going to err on one side or the other, that is to say, um, not, actually, I'm not sure what the right word is. I was about to say not doing enough, but that's not, it's sort of like it's uh, not, so there's under-engagement and over-engagement with this opening process. And I would tend to err on the side of over-engagement. And, and so I'd feel like, ah, <laughs> it's tightening, you know, because I'm really, this like, where did it go? What is this? What? And so forth. So it's, it's, for me, it's usually a process of trust. It's like, oh, yeah. Tell you what, mate, don't worry about it. It's here. Just, just relax. You're good. And then it's, it's, there's more likely, there's a lot more, uh, greater likelihood of recognizing the state of really not knowing and opening, opening. And, you know, if we look at it in terms of a life attitude, how do we engage with our everyday life experience? Then it has a place. It, it really does this sense of kind of conscious, uh, Lumpur Sameda would call it conscious awareness. What do I call it? I think I call it knowing presence. Uh, so it can be maybe a knowing unknowing. It gets really kind of, um, I, I don't want to get coy by using these words that seem like they don't really have much meaning, but you kind of get the sense and that it has a place as well in our daily lives. At the same time, we have to bring a sense of discernment as well. Really, we're not able to uh, engage in our life activities, our relationships, 
our, our work responsibilities, our responsibilities to uh, strangers, to, to the planet and so forth, unless we bring to bear a level of discernment, of wisdom, of understanding the teachings, that is to say, understanding when we're overly engaged in or overly attached to particular outcomes. So all of this is really important for us to bring to bear as we try to engage with life in a way that is What is the word? Intelligent? Uh, that's a good one. I'll have to store that. What, how, why, in what way are we engaging in, in, a, in, in life? I guess in a, in a way that is... Beneficial, beneficial is a word. Uh, equanimous. Maybe in harmony comes up, a sense of, uh, in a way that, I mean, beneficial is, is, is a really good word, a way that uh, we can be in the world with kindness and by our actions um, offer some, uh, yeah, some benefit to others and ourselves. So this takes, uh, this takes really kind of, uh, 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 mindfulness, awareness, heedfulness, uh, discernment, and so forth. And uh, for many people in the world, this uh, the uh, safety that we enjoy around being able to explore what it means to let go and rest in this unknown quality, it's not so present because their life circumstances are such that they really need to be paying attention pretty much at all times to make sure that they're safe, that their needs are satisfied, uh, even to the, the most rudimentary sense. Uh, but if, we, if we, we find ourselves in a position where, yeah, we can, what would it be just to like not know? You know, what am I doing? I'm practicing the Buddhist teachings. What does that even mean? And just open up to the sense that I don't know exactly what that means. I'm told what it means. I'm told that there's this path that that has to do with the Four Noble Truths. It has to do with you know right view, right thought, right speech, etc., etc., etc. These are the things that we cultivate, cultivating the path. Uh, but there, were, the path is leading towards the sense of opening and what the Buddha called safety. So generally speaking, when, one, uh, when, when there is the rising of the experience of entering the stream of Dhamma, the Buddha would call that, that safety. That means that, um, that we're no longer in danger from external or internal conditions uh, although we will be experiencing the whole panoply of difficulties in life, there's a sense of safering, safety that we're not going to be wavering from this path towards freedom. 
Now we can experience an, a, a really uh, a, a very um, uh, significant degree of that safety as we become, as the, the teachings of, of the Buddha and the teachings of many other masters throughout history becomes more in, um, integrated into our consciousness, then we sense, we can feel, and through like safety from uh, the, the precepts are firmly, firmly established in terms of my behavior. I feel that I'm fairly safe there. I'm not gonna wander too far into the realm of harming. So we can acquire a real sense of safety um, for ourselves just in this life without really attaining any levels of so-called attaining levels of, uh, of, of, of what, the, what are um, traditionally called the, the stages of, of uh, enlightenment. So just on a very easy level, we can do that. And so th what this safety is, is, is just the a quality of opening to the safety to rest in the what's unknown. 